Hello down there. Hello, <laughs> You're right. Lord, thank you uh, for your faithfulness, for your goodness, for your, your grace and your love. And, and Lord, we just ask that you would uh, help us to not just gain knowledge, but Lord, also hear your heart and your heart of love towards us and towards the world, and that it would motivate um, us to respond to your spirit and walk in the strength of your spirit and the freedom of your spirit, not under compulsion, Lord, or under obligation, but in, in great love as you have given us your love. So bless our time together in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. All right, so we've been kind of looking at the, the end um, and at the end phrase, uh, uh, in, at the end, uh, Jesus says on 37 of, Ma- of Mark 13, stay awake. <laughs> I say to you all, stay awake. And, uh, you know, some days it's easier said than done. And we kind of looked back at Genesis chapter 7 to see that the ark was being built and there was a, this witness of, of what God was doing. Um, and, and so then, and God closed up the ark. And so we see that, that, Again, the, the witness of the ark is no one knew what time the rains were going to start. Um, and, and again, uh, many scholars believe they'd never seen rain potentially before. And so when, when Noah is saying, hey, <laughs> it's going to rain, they're like, uh, yeah. That, that, you know. So again, that's a scholarly theory that I think is probably more accurate. Um, because something cataclysmic like the flood, we know that also the, the earth opened up underneath, so the, the, and we know that the springs from underneath the, the earth came up and helped. That's why it was able to flood in 40 days. Um, so we look at that, and then that changed the atmosphere, that whole flood. It changed the way everything um, is, is what most scholars and even scientists will point to. So... Um, they know more than me, and it kind of makes sense, and, and it adds more to the miracle of the ark that no wonder he was being mocked, <laughs> and, and I wonder what that first person that's been mocking Noah when the, when the raindrop hit after he had been in the ark for seven days and nothing had happened, <laughs> and, and what, what's that? <laughs> Who's spitting on me? <laughs> uh, and so, Red uh, Camel's <laughs> They can spend far. So let's look at Matthew uh, chapter 25. Someone read 1 through 13, please. (laughs) Then the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. For when the five, when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them, but the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and slept. But at midnight there was a cry, Here is the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, Since there will not be enough for us and for you, go rather to the dealers and buy for yourselves. And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. 
Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour. Okay. So um, just to recap, I know we're all, we all know this, but we'll just for, um, I don't always assume that we remember everything. Um, most, pe- <laughs> most people believe that, that um, there was one bride, uh, and then this would have been a bridal party. And so when somebody gives a dowry um, for a bride, they would pay for the bride, and then they would spend up to anywhere from usually eight months to a year adding on to the house of the Father. This is why when Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you and I will return, this would have meant a lot to the Jewish mind. They would have been, oh, you're, this is like you've paid a price for me, which we know Jesus did on the cross, and then now we await. And so um, they would be ready and... Um, expectant at any point in time usually the eight month mark to the 12 month mark you know it's it's not like it's a huge town people would start hearing how close he was to finishing the addition into the house and and um so uh the idea was uh are you ready now we need to be careful because it's very easy to take this passage and go am i doing enough for the lord so that i'm ready when he returns well we need to understand that oil typically in scripture represents the Holy Spirit. So this is really, do you have the Holy Spirit or not? Which means, do you believe in Jesus and are you expecting his return? Would be really the line of demarcation. And we get some clarification with Matthew at the end because he says, when they're knocking on the door, he goes, I don't even know you. And again, we see earlier in Matthew, he has a very similar thing with those who have said, well, Lord, haven't we cast out demons in your name? And he goes, depart from me for I never knew you. So there's a relationship here that we're looking at and it's signified in the oil and people having the oil being, again, representative of the Holy Spirit. Now, so we need to make sure that that's the big line of demarcation. But there is still, um, without getting into our works, a, a necessary principle that I think we can pull out of this. So what way does this passage teach us how we ought to live our lives? That's my goal. <laughs> Wait until you hear us start. He starts a sermon. <laughs> no, I have to make up for Wednesday night's lack of ones, just for you, Delane. <laughs> but then I realized that was wrong. So. Well, maybe, maybe not. There's still there's still some principles in it, though. Yeah, we, Steve. I was thinking maybe uh, being prepared and uh, doing due diligence. Uh, the wives knew that they needed oil. They were operating in, in that thing. The other ones were. Uh, Maybe laissez faire, uh, come see, come saw. You know, I'll just live life of the, in what I want. You know, it's no big deal. And so basically, uh, maybe the in today's society, our world is more important than uh, maybe going to church, praying, doing due diligence. I'm busy with the kids. I got to do this, that, and the other. And maybe we're not focused or paying attention to the degree that we need to. Okay. Any other thoughts? Well, it could just be what you do every day. Mm-hmm. Do you start your day with prayer? Do you start 
do you include Bible reading in your daily activities, et cetera, et cetera? Just staying alert, staying yeah. awake. Making sure the oil in your lamp, that it's all the way full. Right. So, I mean, I think that there's a, a principle of what does it look like for the person who has received the forgiveness of sins and been infilled and indwelt by the Holy Spirit? You know, does that impact our lives? Uh, and I think that, that, again, it's not ours to sit there and judge salvation. It is ours, though, to go, hmm, you know, you, you, you're not coming to church. I don't see evidence of, of a life that's lived with, with eternity in mind, with the soon coming of, of Jesus on your forefront of mind. It's okay for us to say things to people like, where are you at with Jesus? Because... You know, you say one thing, but your life shows this. And that's a tough conversation. We never like to have those. Um, and again, it has to be through relationship. You know, it's one thing for us to stand on the street corner and yell at people. Um, and that means nothing a lot of times to people. But for those of us who have, you know, and there's people that you know that maybe used to be very involved in church. You used to be like, man, I'm excited about Jesus. Um, and, and, and this is great. And something's changed in their life. And, and through relationship, it's, it's totally appropriate for us to encourage them and to say, how can I help? Because it doesn't seem, I met years ago, so when I was in Calvary Chapel, you know, when Calvary Chapel boomed in the seven, late 60s, they had this big tent because it couldn't fit in their church anymore, so they would go on to the beach. And it just attracted a lot of, of young people at the time. And I would meet people all the time who would say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I went, I went uh, you know, to the tent with Chuck Smith back in the day. And then I would say, and, and, and I'm like, well, are you going to church now? Ah, no, I tried it for a while. It's not, and I'm like, well. <laughs> so that's not how it works. But, um, but I think that, that we have people that we know. And so first of all, our lives are a witness by how we live. Are we living in light of our king is going to return? And that only happens when we are filled with the Holy Spirit because we've received the forgiveness of sins. And there are those who, kind of what Steve was saying, eh, I'll do it later. You know, when Jesus says, let the dead bury their dead, that's pretty much what he was telling the guy, don't put it off, because today is the day of salvation. And a lot of times people are like, ah, I'll get to that when I need it. <laughs> and you're like, um, you kind of need it now, um, because so we don't know. The parable of the sower, I mm -hmm. mean, mm -hmm. seed is scattered right. and falls on different kinds of ground. Yep, mm -hmm. yep. So our ground hopefully is fertile. I mean, I think evidence of you all being here is, is kind of one of those things is, is I'm not, I mean, and, and maybe I, I don't want to misspeak, but most of us be like, I could get another hour of sleep and just show up to church, but I want to come and say the Bible. Um, or maybe you're just already up, so you just show up. I don't know. <laughs> they coffee. <laughs> I mean, there are days where, you know, I'm like, well, it had to be a lot of, oh, yeah. No, I like coming, so never, that's a, that's a lie. Um, but there are days where I'm like, it's a little harder to get up than other days. Um, you know. It was hard, it was hard this morning. I, I, you know, we got home earlier last night than I expected, but, you know, we were here all day Friday and then Thursday night till. Some almost nine or whatnot, and you don't realize how that feels until after it's over. Because <laughs> you don't get to go home and sit down and relax for a little. Yeah, bit. Well, that's probably not Everything. good either. So anyway, uh, uh, so this morning was a little like mm, it's dark outside. 
But I still woke up before my alarm, so I can't blame anything. Just I can't wake up before the alarm. Maybe you don't do that, Delane. You just wake up whenever I just you want. Woke up. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good thing. Yeah, well, we, yeah, we are. <laughs> So um, again, this is an idea, this whole, this whole parable of the virgins is, are we ready? And I think for us as believers, number one, have we received the forgiveness of sins? Are we a new creation in Christ? So that's, that's really the readiness. Let's just pause there. That's the most important thing. Second thing then is, how does that impact our lives? Are we living in such a way, a way that is uh, indicative of the transformation that has actually happened by the Lord in our lives? And that is, are we looking for the return of Christ? Are we living our lives in light of the fact that he is returning? There used to be a phrase, and maybe you've heard it or used it, that people can be so heavenly minded that they're no earthly good. And I I don't know if that's a a great, can we be truly so heavenly minded that we're, I mean, if we're really looking, I mean, I guess if you're just thinking, in the clouds all the time, maybe. But I think that the reality is, is that we can live in such a way that we are sure of our eternal security and we're sure that Jesus is returning this time of the year. That's, we have a duality of, of Advent. We look back to go, he actually did come. He arrived. But we're also looking for another Advent, and that is the second coming of Christ. You're going to say something. I yeah, see it. Well, I've been thinking about this for several weeks now. You brought up the thing about forgiveness and mm. so forth. And the story is sort of keys into that. I have a friend that uh, she has a son. He's an older, he's about in his 40s now. But his entire life has been drugs mm. and stealing and so forth. And, and uh, But no matter what this guy has done, she's still there for him. Wow. And, I, you know, I've always, I've heard this thing before about you know, unconditional love, unconditional uh, forgiveness, what have you, of God. Mm-hmm. But these types of stories, to me, sort of conflict that. I see her as an uncon- unconditional forgiveness for her son. Mm-hmm. It seems like in these stories that there's always sort of a hitch. To, even though you said you know, we can't do this, get these things done, that God's forgiveness is not unconditional. Well, I would agree with that. The condition is that, you know, the wages of sin is death. And so it's conditional on Christ's work on the cross. Right, so if people, so if people don't look to that, then they're trying to figure out salvation on their own, right? They're just trying to, somehow I'll do enough good, and God will accept me, That's, um, or, you know, there's no God, whatever. I mean, we can fill in all the blanks. And so um, the condition uh, so is... a condition. Yeah, but the condition has been satisfied in Christ. Well, has it? Yeah. Because, because the, this person that you were talking was going to the, um, the tent. Uh, yeah. Doesn't go anymore. Uh, what about that person? Well, we don't know whether they have truly received the the gift that God has for them. So again, with these ten virgins, five. Well, there is a condition; you got to receive it. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the condition. I'm so okay what, with that. How about if you receive it, you walk away for a period, like this son has, mm-hmm. and he come back. 
and you're bopping back and forth. All the time. So it's interesting to me because this is always the the question. We want definite um, that person's saved, that person's not type. We like we like the black and white <laughs> instead of instead of the 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 gray. I mean, ultimately. I always, um, and I'll bring up, you know, Porter. Uh, so he took his own life. Many, you know, many people, the Catholic Church for years say that's, there's no way that person's saved if they do that. And I think that that, um, you know, and I was, I was raised, I have to be careful here because I don't want to, I, I don't believe in the, the phrase once saved, always saved. The reason I don't believe it is because of, of what that, most people who use that, like I can do whatever I want after I've received Christ. And I'm like, well, there should be a change because you're made from, you've been born again, changed from death to life. There should be a, 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 and repentance means a turning. So, um, but at the same time, I'm very confident in the promises of God and what he has said. Well, if you're in my hand, no one can take you out of it. Um, in baptism, we know that he calls you his own and he saves you now. So I would look at someone like my father-in-law who was baptized as an infant, but really had a rough life and lived pretty much trying to make his own way until 52. And he, and he went on a retreat that a coworker asked him on um, and he received Christ and a year later went to seminary. Um, and I look at that and go, and both of us have talked about this, that is a, to me, an acknowledgement of God being faithful to the promise in baptism. Um, so, all that to say, I don't know if we ever get complete clarity and assurance um, when we have people that seem to have turned away. I think for, for us, it's like always how, uh, how merciful is God, how gracious is God, how good is he to his promises. Um, and so, again, there is, there is a tension there, Delaine, I would agree with you, that, that we wrestle with to go, well, what, is that person really saved, right? I mean, that's, that's what we go, well, he, he did, it was as a kid, but now he's lived a whole life like this, so what does that mean? Or people who, who, who struggle their whole lives with faith and, and, um, and, and practicum, you know, what does that look like? They're, they're practically one foot in one foot out it feels like right they're excited for a, a few months and then all of a sudden you don't see them for a while and then all of a sudden they're back you know um those are things well, we can't with this friend of mine it's mm -hmm. more than that because it's not that he comes back right she goes after him mm -hmm. so she's she's exhibiting christ-like characteristic and god-like characteristic because she doesn't want him to to die um in such a state i mean she, so from what I see, she doesn't hold it against him. I mean, she's concerned. Yeah. But that. It's pretty she amazing. Hold it Is she a believer? <clears throat> I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, she acts like one. I mean, you know, because I, I don't know how you could not I hold it against probably them. Probably she's not a church goer. Okay. I don't know if she's a believer. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. Well, is there a difference between someone who just kind of walks away. I say they've been baptized in probably mm -hmm. some Sunday school and so forth, and, and then they walk away from it. And someone who just flat out rejects, I mean, they, they had all the same thing, but then they get to an age where they think they know everything and they just flat out reject it. And I'm going to live my life the way I want to live it and, you know, if I'm saved, I'm saved. I mean, you, you said I was saved at baptism, so I don't... So is there any... 
how how is that looked at? I, I mean, we, we don't know how God looks at it, but how, how do we look at it as? It's tough because the grace and the mercy of God um, is beyond our understanding and, and actually actually dangerous to us. Right? We, 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 you know, like this friend, like this friend of yours, um, you know, from the outside looking in, you're like, how can you just continue to pursue this person and love them that way? You know, I mean, that's a, that's a, a simple, um, thing. I think for us, I always look at it as, is the goal is to encourage one another to pursue Christ. Um, the final judgment, right? is totally in the Lord's hands. Sure. Um, I look at it, I like, you know, um, you know, I have family members. I have a son who, who you, you know, would would, you know, would profess faith in Christ. But the, but the life would be. I mean, I don't think it's like opposed to Christ. It's just not. It's just not like lived in a, such a manner. Um, and so I think that that um, you hold on to it, the fact that God is is the one who is the the author of all of it, but you encourage them, you know, when, especially when faith defining things happen, go, Hey, this is a moment that God is there for you. And, um, because the reality is, and, and, and we've talked about this before is people have to admit it's their fault that they're this way. Right. And that's, and that's the struggle Mm -hmm. is that they, they can't face that. And so, you know, a lot of times with drug addicts, I just go back to my drugs because I don't want to face the fact that I'm utterly undone before a holy God and I'm so guilt-ridden of my mistakes and my shame that I want to escape that. Um, and God, God is so good. He, 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 he brings an end to that continually over and over again. Steve? I was just thinking of uh, when Megan and Harold was talking over there of the prodigal son. You know, give me the inheritance, do me. Oh, I don't care whether you're alive or dead. And so the dad gives it to him. He goes off and squanders it. But the point of it is, is when he came to his senses, to your point over mm-hmm. there, there's, you're actually living life. There might be a point in time where uh, you you actually understand that uh, life is, is pretty serious and you're hungry or you're hurting or you're in drugs or you're in need. But it, it seemed to me everybody I know that is in that boy's situation They've been hurt or wounded, and a lot of times they use drugs. Not always, but a lot of times just to mask the pain. Yeah, and and let's not negate the power that uh, drugs have over people. Oh, absolutely. Uh, You know, uh, I I used to really be like, well, just stop. And, and, um, well, and the the Lord, I wouldn't say was audibly, but the Spirit said, okay, we'll just stop overeating. Ooh, I mean, you know, that, that's, and that helped me. And then we, when we fostered the kids, I did some research on addiction. And it, and it made me have a little more empathy <laughs> for those that do because they're truly, they're truly captured by an addiction. Um, most people are. Um, and again, it started with, uh, you know, with, with going that way, obviously. Um, so I think the other thing too, Mig, what, to, to continue with the conversation with your question is that my heart always goes, I always have to remember that they're getting ripped off and that they're settling for less and that, that yeah, they can live that way if they want, but it's not God's best. It's not, 
Um, and the challenge is when life gets better for them and it's still not as good as it could be, but they feel like it's better. Um, and you're like, but it could be so much richer, so much fuller if you had this, this relationship with Christ um, that, that would enhance all those blessings that you're having. Um, it would enhance it. Um, and so I think, again, it's not ours to judge. I mean, that's, in God's, that's God's thing. Uh, ours is to encourage people to look to Jesus and to, exalt, and to lift Jesus in our lives. And beyond that, I mean, it, but there's a, the challenge with that is that is not, that, that doesn't package everything up and put the bow on it that we like, right? <laughs> it makes us go, uh, well, and so, you know, we want some def- definite, this is how it works. Um, the only thing I do know is that Jesus says, uh, God loved the world, that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And so that's, that's where we default. And he didn't come to condemn the world but to save the world. And so that's always where I go. It's like, okay, what's God's heart towards people? He doesn't want anyone to perish. That's why he's, 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 he's staying his return is because he wants people to turn and to be saved. Um, he doesn't want people to be to be caught by surprise, um, you know. But unfortunately, there are going to be those, and they're going to be without excuse. And I think that's something that's hard for us to wrap our minds around too. Is um, there's lots of theories of afterlife. Um, one was just brought up to me a few weeks ago about annihilism. That well, once the new heaven and the new earth comes, what's the port, What's the point of hell? You know, and so that makes hell temporary for those who reject Christ. And so, well, no, it, it's it's wrong. But no. <laughs> but but I mean, this is but the 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 impetus the the what what starts people thinking this way is we can't we can't you know rationalize even as Christians. It's hard for us to go. Some people are going to experience eternal torment for the rest of their lives. That's hard for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you see it when, when natural tragedies happen too, or when school shootings happen, or whatever. How could this happen? We, we can't wrestle with the tension because it was not... It, our answer is, this is not how God intended it. Right? This is not... God's grieving too. This is not what he wanted. Well, why did he... If he's all-powerful, why did he allow it? You know, so these are all these questions that we can never get what I would say um, a total satisfactory answer. We always have to default to faith in and trust in a good and holy God who is completely just and is just and his ability to be just um, goes beyond our ability to define what justice is. Um, you know, I was watching this a little bit this morning, the seven-year-old... Um, that was taken by the delivery driver and killed in Texas. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the, 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 the mayor, whoever it was, was saying, can we pray and hope that they can find um, some peace and justice? And I'm like, there's never going to be justice for that until the final day. Mm-hmm. I mean, right? There's never going... I, how, do you, how do you get justice? I mean, you, you look at someone who's murdered somebody, even if they get the death penalty, it's still... You can never replace that loved one. Um, and that's what justice, how we would define it, is that everything, okay. get, everything gets restored, right? We're talking about that. 
what about these people that do these murders? Mm -hmm. They go to jail, and then 45 years down the line, they've been in jail because they're in there for life. They say they've repented. Mm -hmm. The people come, mm -hmm. and those people... They, the person that did it wants those people, those family members, to forgive them for what they've done. Yes, we're to forgive. And it's not for us to say what's going to happen to him, but there's still, the justice will be done when final comes. Yeah, I mean, again, but. well, but again, I think it also goes to, and, I, and I'm not negating this argument at all because that's a tough one. I think, I, I, for me, it's me, little mind, looking from the outside, it's unfair of that person, even if they have come to faith in Christ, to ask for people to forgive them. I mean, that, that, to me, that, that's, a, that, that would, that, that's um, inappropriate. That's just me. You know, I mean, to, to specifically ask, you know, um, to say sorry and, and whatnot, and, and to say, you know, I hope you can forgive me, that's one thing, but to specifically ask them is something well, different. That brings up another point. I'm sorry I'm just, we got off the track here. It's all right. I might not have to write a new study for next week. So. <laughs> <laughs> so It's all what good. was brought no, up just now about this, these prisoners or whatever, yep. uh, <clears throat> there's two things there. First of all, you know, you might not be, have to be surprised if you see Hitler there because you don't know what he did yeah. afterwards. Yeah. Because supposedly mm. we have to do one thing. Pastor says that we can't do what's necessary to get to heaven. We got to leave that to Jesus. But there is one thing we have to do. We're, it's not, we gotta do it. Otherwise, we're not gonna make it. I, that's my, yeah. I, and you know what that is, that's accepting Jesus. Right. Mm -hmm. have to believe. Yeah. So we have to do something to do that. Now, that guy that's been in there for 30 years or 40 years and, and uh, the governor says you can go free or whatever, uh, and, and he found Jesus and he said, I would say that if this is a forgiving God. Yeah, so Dahmer at the end of his life, you know, uh, claimed that he had received Christ. And, I, and I'm trying to remember claimed. who. Claimed. There's the well, big but, but, Well, but. <laughs> that's uh, what we won't know. Exactly. Right, right. Exactly. And so, I mean, um, the interview I saw with him before he was, he was killed uh, um, seemed, I mean, from the outside in, pretty genuine remorseful um and so again us in our fallen world say that's still that, that many people say this well it's still not right that he goes to heaven look what he did um and i think some of the challenge that we have is that we really we really don't understand the depths of the cross that every sin was placed upon christ um and I heard this, this preacher years ago. He said, uh, how, I don't want to, I'll probably mess it up. He said, uh, basically, if you don't believe that there's a murderer living within yourself, uh, you're, you're, you're deceived. Um, it wasn't exactly, he said it much more eloquently than that. But that was the point, is that we all, you, you know, fallen. have fallen. And we've all, the reality is we all are the ones are responsible for Jesus being nails of the cross. Mm -hmm. 
and then dying a horrific death. I mean, it, it wasn't it wasn't like you know, let's just get an injection and he falls asleep. It was you know if you go through what it was, it was horrific. Um, and I think the most horrific moment, and I don't have again, this is this is well, it says this in the Bible. I don't comprehend it, but for a moment, the father turned his face away. There was, and if we believe in the Trinity, which we do, um, but there was some sort of break in communication, for lack of a better term. Um, there was a, there was, then to me, that was almost some of the, the most disruptive uh, fact of, of the crosses that we, that, that God was torn. Um, the face, he couldn't look upon sin. So there was a moment where the fellowship between he and the son, I don't have this all fleshed out, and my son gets really mad when I bring this up, so I'm going to be careful. Um, <laughs> But there was something was so radical that the, that there was a, a a break in some sort of communication within the Trinity because of the cross, and that you know so eternity was you know heaven was radically moved, and so I think that that our challenge is we look at those murderers <laughs> um, and go, well at least I'm not that. I mean I don't know if we say that, but we we, we really deep down go, whoo. And instead, I think for me anyway, um, the Holy Spirit has revealed to me over and over again as I read God's word and as I spend time in prayer, um, you're just a, a lucky dude because God has mercy on you. Otherwise, you would otherwise otherwise you would be you know I mean for just to be honest with you think if 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 God didn't intervene when I was younger, I'd probably either be dead or. Um, about 110 pounds and, dr- and a drug addict on the streets of LA. I mean, there's just some stuff that, that I had opportunity to, to be part of that for some reason I didn't. You know, you look back and go, man, I would have made money. <laughs> Steve. I was going to say, it's interesting that, that it, 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 I, you, when you brought up the inner heart of it, uh, when Jesus says, if you hate your brother, you know, you've committed murder in your heart. I think as Christians, we have a hard time because we weigh it over there, but I, you know, it takes the, the blood of Jesus, the cross over there, to, to even see the, the depth of our own brokenness. Yeah. I mean, the Holy Spirit, I, I don't know about you, but uh, I can't tell you the number of times Jesus has come back, I'll, I'll be judging something, so you do the same thing, huh? Oh, yeah. And they bring back something to my... You just, make it, look, you just make it look better. <laughs> yeah. well, that's the point, the consequences are, are the same. Yeah. I and mean, that's serious. I mean, we, yeah. as Christians, we sit there and we say, well, I'm not like that. And you're going, well, that could just, just... If you don't have the blood of Jesus covering with repentance, that could cost you your salvation too. If you want to walk in rebellion and walk away, what I'm, I'm not saying you're just going to lose automatically, but what I'm saying is there are consequences for the sin that we don't want to address in our own lives. Yeah, I think it was Luther said, when I look at myself, I don't know how I could ever be saved. When I look at Christ, I don't know how I could never not be saved. Amen. Um, and, and I think that the, the challenge that we have, which is still in line with the study, is we're talking about end times. We're talking about final judgment. We're talking about how to live this life. We're talking about what does it look like when Jesus returns. Again, um, I, God forbid, but you could drive out this parking lot and you'd be face to face with the Holy God, right? Uh, we don't know. I mean, you, you, you just... Uh, it's funny because I remember growing up, my, my parents reading the newspaper because, you know, we had those back then. Right? And, yeah, right, yeah, and they actually had, yeah, exactly. 
And my dad going, oh, oh, this, this, this star died, you know, or this star died. And they're, you know, 10 years older than my parents. And now I'm watching this and going, these guys are like five years older than me and they're dying. Uh-oh. Um, but the whole point is, is that you don't know. You don't know. And so um, as Christians, uh, we don't, it's a challenge too, because we don't want to live in fear, right? Oh, no, I hope I'm doing everything right. Because again, back to to uh, Delane emphasizing the point that, that, that I like to say, and this I came to after reading the Bible and being in a tradition that said you, you have to do stuff to be saved, to go, no, I got to believe in Jesus. And even that, we won't go down this road, but even the ability to believe is something that is a gift from the Lord. But that's, that's a, there's a long talk on, so I listened to a lot of uh, uh, LCMS podcasts. I found a bunch of them recently and they're, you know, they're doing one called the outlaw God. And anyway, but they're, they're one's called banned books. So they're reading, you know, old books like Erasmus and, and, um, mm-hmm. Augustine, the Spirit, and, and, and they're talking about, and one of the things they were talking about was, what does it look like to be redeemed? And so they're talking about the passivity, how you look at the language and it's all done to you. Well, that flies in the face of those of us who think we have to do something, and it flies in the face of humanity. Um, and so there is this tension, even when we say we have to believe, and we all would say, yes, we have to believe. I totally agree with that. But then we are left with, how can I believe? How do I believe? And that, again, opens up a big... Scholars will never answer it uh, sufficiently. What we rely on is that, that God is, is faithful, he's merciful, he's just, and his forgiveness is available to all who would receive it. I mean, well, I don't know I can get down that. <laughs> so, I go ahead. It's important to okay. remember also that it helps me understand the whole kind of you know, deathbed confessional kind of thing mm. is that there are not grades of sin. Thou shalt not lie is not different than thou shalt not murder. Mm-hmm. So it's all in the tent. We're, we're all as black in sin as any other. You know, it, it doesn't it, it doesn't matter what it is that you did. Mm-hmm. You're, to God, you're just as bad. There's no difference. And our problem so is, grace yeah, cleans that up. Yeah, yeah. And you know. The dude who pulls the trigger on 30 people is no different to God than the 12-year-old who lies about stealing gum. It's the same thing. And yet we go, wait, how can that be? No, no, no. Yeah. It's easy to grade that out. Well, we grade it by, con- we grade it by consequence. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right? Yeah, it's a, a it, Consequence and impact. It's not. Yeah. And, so. But again, it's still an affront to a holy God. Yeah. Mick. Well, Absolutely. And I, I was thinking, you know, it brought up Jeffrey Dahmer, and, <laughs> and all, so, so many people were harmed by him. And he turned and received Christ, mm-hmm. okay? And I wondered if it's like, you know, when we talk about God leaving the 99, or Jesus mm-hmm. leaving the 99 to go after the one. Mm-hmm. And someone, and this is, you know, grading again, but someone like Jeffrey Dahmer turning has to, to somehow make God so happy as opposed to people that he knows are on the right path. They're going to keep going. Yeah, you know no, I, I just I, wonder if yeah. I know gradation of sin and all that, but I, I get yeah. it. But I just mm. wonder 
if one that is so broken that they do these horrible things to, and hurt so many people, mm-hmm. if, if that turning... Well, then the question goes to even what Jared was mentioning. The kid who stole the stick of gum at 12 years old and repents and receives Christ, does God see that differently than Jeffrey Dahmer? Well, yeah, I guess that's what I'm... Yeah, I don't think he does. And that's where we wrestle, right? That's a human frailty. Right. What about Paul? You look over there and... He beat you to it. Oh. <laughs> he said it to me, so no. <laughs> right, right. I'm just to say, but Paul, you know, it wasn't just that, that, that Paul did that. I was just thinking he bears the cross that in his own heart and mind. You know, uh, I'm the least of the apostles, or, you know, I persecuted the church, or whatever it was. I mean, uh, when you're going to the church and you're evangelizing, knowing that you possibly uh, affected mm-hmm. the. I mean,. Well, and, 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 and the Apostle Paul talks about that. He goes, if you've been forgiven much, forgive much. I mean, basically, basically, to level to which you've been forgiven or you understand forgiveness is to level to which you're willing to forgive. Um, and so, you know, if I, if I am aware of, to Jared's point, that we all agree with, we still struggle with, that that will pick on the stick of gum with the 12-year-old is the same as Jeffrey Dahmer. If we are all aware of that and we actually mean it, then we realize the forgiveness of sin is greater, even though in the flesh we want to go, but at least I didn't do that to all those other people, you know, but yet God's like, that's not the point. Mm -hmm. The point is you, you rejected me, which is just everything's rejection of him. You know, that's not so it's it's tough because I've I've met people who looked great their whole life. And I mean, I have a friend who I taught with and he was telling me a story. He was about, well, he must be close to 70 now. He's like, yeah, he goes, I was a pastor in a church for 22 years and not saved. And took an affair with the secretary to make him realize that he was he was not a Christian. And, uh, you know, and that, even though that was horrible, you know, destroyed the church, you know, destroyed a marriage, um, it was the moment in his life where he realized, I'm desperate and I really need Jesus. So we can look from the outside and go, oh, how horrible. And yet, we see that God didn't want this man to mock him anymore, is really what it boils down to. And, and most of the people in the church, from what I know, or I mean, not the girl that introduced Lara and I to each other because she was the, one of the prisoners at his church before it all. Took. Anyway, but who knows? I'm sure Jennifer's okay somewhere. <laughs> I hope she's not listening. I hope she does. Jennifer, you're loved. You know that. So, uh, anyway, she, if she was listening, that would be a miracle. So, <laughs> well, we'll, 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 we'll continue to answer this next week. I was thinking about my neighbor. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, that was horrible, right? killed by two teams, yeah. you know? And, you know, and I, I think about that, you know, and, but I, at the same time, I'm angry at them, but at the same time, I hope and pray that since they're going to be in jail for the rest of their lives, that they do yeah, come. Yeah, I feel, you know, you go, man, you know? people in a moment make... And do things, and they're like, and they don't, I don't, you know, no one goes and commits a crime expecting to get caught, you know. And in that situation, I don't know how well planned that even was. That seemed just kind of like it happened, and 
which yeah we were getting ready to move here and he sends me an email hey look at this my neighbor and oh here i am on the news <laughs> like what what my brother almost bought that house oh and then he was like nah yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah like, it's tough yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah all right lord thank you that um you have everything figured out <laughs> and so as we wrestle with these things we ask holy spirit that you would give us greater faith and greater just love for you and Thank you, Lord, that you have made us ready um, and that we have been given uh, the opportunity and responded in faith to receive the forgiveness of sins. We thank you that you have done that for us, and we want to let others know that you have done that for them as well. So, Lord, we pray for many who are not feeling well uh, today, and and, uh, we just ask you to lift their spirits and help them to to be uh, uh, recovered quickly. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.